from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. It's still in the charter, and there's still an expectation that the person that does this very important job in St. Louis County can't have another job. Yeah, that this is meant to be a full-time job. Are you surprised that voters in both cases um, agreed with Page's critics and voted in the way that he was hoping they wouldn't vote here? Uh, Not really. I think it was very, very clear that the people have spoken. Maybe people forgot about Stanger going to jail. I don't know. We'll have to see. As you said, he has a Republican challenger that people are taking seriously. And I want to just mention, Dogan has to get through a Republican primary, too. I'm Sarah Fenske. On Wednesday, St. Louis County Executive Sam Page used his first-ever state-of-the-county speech to call for progress and an end to the rancor that subsumed his relationship with the county council. So much discourse makes its way into the spotlight. The former administration here and in Washington set that table, and it's time to disrupt once and for all this tired, dangerous narrative and keep talking about what matters. How can we do better? How can we be better? How can we prepare this world for our kids and grandkids? And that is County Executive Sam Page at the State of the County Address on Wednesday. Now, Page didn't mention two countywide votes that took place just the night before. These were votes that were put on the ballot in response to his administration. And in both cases, voters dealt Page decisive defeats. And joining us now to talk about where things stand and why is Jason Rosenbaum. He is St. Louis Public Radio's political correspondent. Jason, welcome back. Thank you for having me. So, Jason, two items driven by Page's critics that appeared on Tuesday's ballot. Can you remind us what were people asked to vote on there? Uh, One was related to, like, county executive staff and using other departments to pay those salaries, which is not... I've been covering county government on and off since 2011. That's not really a new phenomenon. I think other county executives have done that. Um, But the other one was making it super clear that if you have an outside job, you would forfeit your office as county executive. There already was language in the charter that said you had to have a you have to be a full time county executive. And frankly, that actually dissuaded some potential candidates from running. I remember talking with John Lamping, Hmm. former state senator, a long time ago, that some people wanted him to run for county executive. But and he would ask, can I keep my job? And they said no. And he's like, well, I'll run for state senate instead. And the rest is history. Yeah. Um, But it was really like uh, the controversy here was that Page was doing work as an anesthesiologist, purportedly on nights and weekends. And he, he had said that it was done because he needs to keep up with his medical license. And, and, and when you think about it, logically, that kind of makes sense. If you're an anesthesiologist, you don't probably want to take long stretches of time off from doing that. I, I'm sure he won't forget how to do anesthesiology, yeah. but I kind of understand the logic behind it. But I think what voters and what a lot of his critics would say is like, if you didn't want to get into this situation, then you shouldn't have been county executive in the first place. You can't. Yeah. It's not like a problem of the magnitude of like what Steve Stanger was convicted of. 
but it's still in the charter and there's still an expectation that the person that does this very important job in St. Louis County can't have another job. Yeah, that this is meant to be a full-time job. Are you surprised that voters in both cases um, agreed with Page's critics and voted in the way that he was hoping they wouldn't vote here? Uh, not really. I mean, it's a it's a municipal election, so turnout's not going to be that high. And there really wasn't an organized opposition campaign to it. I think that Page had... I, 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 I read sent mailers. I, 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 heard, I read Rachel Lipman's article that there were like some sort of literature uh, coming out against it, but it, it clearly wasn't effective at actually mobilizing public opinion against it. Like, like by, con- by contrast, Steve Stanger, when he was in office, definitely mobilized against ballot initiatives that were aimed at him. Yeah. And he actually spent real money that went on TV. There was nothing on the level that for these two initiatives. So Council Chair Rita Hurd-Days, fellow Democrat with Sam Page, but has been part of this bipartisan majority that has formed in opposition to this. Here's what she told you after the speech. Many of us felt that it was already in the charter. I believe this is the first county executive that we've had that had outside employment. I'm not sure about that, but I believe that is the case. And so it's left up to the county executive decide as to how he wants to do that. I think it was very, very clear that the people have spoken and this is what they desire. So that is Council Chair Rita Hurd-Days. There have now been reports that Sam Page quit this part-time work as an anesthesiologist. We tried to confirm that. We did not get a response from his spokesman. Right. That was – KMOX reported that, and I sent a text to uh, somebody in Page's office seeking to confirm. I never heard back from it. But I did get a statement saying that, like, he's going to abide by the charter, which goes into effect immediately. And, you know, I, I guess there could have been, like, this semantical game that it's an ex post facto law. And it doesn't go into effect because he's midterm. But, like, that would have just drawn a lot of bad attention on this that is probably not needed, given that it is an election year for Sam Page. And he has to defeat somebody in the Democratic primary. And... If he succeeds, we'll be facing probably the best Republican candidate for county executive since 2014. So, yeah, lay this out for us. This election is happening this year. Um, he will be up for election in August for right. the primary. And there is an opponent. Yes, it's Jane Duker, an, an attorney uh, who is widely known throughout the St. Louis area. I think she's been on KMOX a lot. It's just been a a, a Fierce critic of Page and was an unpaid advisor to Stanger. Works for the police union. Works for the police union as well. Um, and I, I, I think that she faces some structural challenges because she's a registered lobbyist. She cannot actually raise money herself. She might deregister as a lobbyist and then can start raising money. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she would be able to raise real money that way. And there could also be the situation where like a third party pack comes in and you know, spends money on her behalf. Um, yeah, that's going to be a definite, definite contrast to personalities, to put it mildly. Yeah, I mean, Jane is a little bit of a firecracker. Um, and as people who've covered Dr. Page know, he's he's more of a quiet presence. I, it, I will say, though, that, like, I think that the thing that Page will mention is that Stanger or um, Duker was a big supporter of Stanger. This could be the return of Stanger. That's going to be his attack. And she'll have to answer for that. And I'm sure that she's thought this through about how she's going to navigate that. And it'll remain to be seen like how like 
deeply unpopular stinger is with the general voting public. I mean, he did a lot of really bad things, but I don't know if people pay super close attention to county politics. Maybe people forgot about Stanger going to jail. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah. So that's what's happening in August when he's dealing with the Democratic primary. As you said, he has a Republican challenger that people are taking seriously. And I want to just mention, Dogan has to get through a Republican primary, too. But he is clearly, like, the most well-funded and well-organized candidate. So I think it's assumed that he is going to make it to November. And he's a really intriguing candidate um, because... He has experience in municipal office. He was a Baldwin city councilman. He has ties to like really high-ranking Republicans like Jim Talon and and Kit Bond and other other folks as well. And you know he's an African American Republican who's from North St. Louis County. That doesn't guarantee that he's going to win North St. Louis County because North St. Louis County is very Democratic. Mm-hmm. But if he can like do better in that area than Rick Stream did, and then run up the margins in West. St. Louis County and South St. Louis County, and it's a really Republican year. Which like, it might, it's looking like it might be. Like he's a, yeah. it could be a close race. Like the the county has become very Democratic, and I think that gives whoever the Democratic nominee is a built-in advantage. And I don't think that we really can just paper that over because some people don't like Sam Page for certain reasons. Like people didn't like him in twenty twenty. And he beat Paul Berry 60-40. But, you know, it, it, it's a different situation because if you have a Republican candidate that's going to have a million dollars spent either between him or a PAC, like, that's that's real organizational power right there. What do you think will be the big issues? You know, there's been a lot of talk, some people very dissatisfied with how Dr. Page handled the COVID pandemic. Do you think that will still be a big issue come August, come November? I mean, I hope not. I really don't. I really would like to stop talking about COVID and move on with our lives. But, you know, it's it's unknown. That was a big issue during the Democratic primary in, in 2020 when Page was running for the rest of Stanger's term. And... I, I think that Dogan will probably come at it from a lot of different angles because there's some Democrats that weren't really that enthused with his response. And I think there are a lot of Republicans who were really not enthused with his response. I mean, the reality is, like, there was a mass mandate that was put in when Delta came along, but it was a mass mandate without any real enforcement. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an open question about like how impactful that was. Maybe people were following it because they wanted to or they thought it was going to be enforced. Boy, I was at a lot of county businesses where nobody was following it during that time. And, you know, but I think also Paige will point to that that wasn't the only thing that was done, that there was a lot of vaccination clinics and that there was a lot of infrastructure put in place to make sure people had access to vaccines and other things. I think what's going to be really interesting in the coming months, and this is more of a global observation, is that the the Pfizer pill is going to become more available uh, because the and that and this is a treatment. Once people get COVID, treatment. they pop the pill, and, they won't get seriously ill. And this Ill. is this this is not a variant uh, specific thing. It, it, like the 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 testing on this has said it's like ninety percent effective at keeping you out of the hospital. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, how leaders and candidates are going to promote those types of treatments when there's a spike, because that could do a lot toward preventing hospitals from being overrun. And, you know, I was off for two and a half months taking care of a baby. 
And I didn't really, and, and, and then the pandemic kind of waned during that time. But there is a fear that the, the, the pandemic is going to come back in some form. And I'm just wondering if political leaders are going to turn to to tools like that, mm-hmm. which may be attractive to people that are very gung-ho about vaccines and more hesitant as a tool to combating COVID's worst outcomes. We'll have to see. It, it, may, it may or may not. Who knows? Maybe there'll be shortages of the pill, and I'll be totally wrong on that. It will be interesting to see how this plays out. I think this is going to be a really interesting election in August and even more interesting in November. Jason Rosenbaum, we are glad you're back from your paternity leave. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This episode was produced by Alex Hoyer with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.